Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is going on, everybody? It is 1010 here on the East Coast now on July 1st. We have made it to July, and we have made it to the third week of AEW Collision. Believe it or not, the semifinals for the men's Owen Owen Hart Cup Championship are now set. That means we are getting CM Punk and Samoa Joe next week. Also, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. I think these are the semifinals that everybody wanted. I think the match is delivered tonight. We got a whole lot to get into tonight. I am Rick Uccino. Iridian Friero is here with me as well. Cresta has the night off. So sooner or later, like all three of us will actually like be here at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, Iridian, I'm happy you are here. How are you doing this fine Saturday evening? I am doing so wonderful, and I'm glad to have you back. You know, last week you were not here, but now you're here, but now Cresta's not here, so it's okay. Guys, we will all be together eventually, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of it. Like, we we have lives. We have other jobs. We have other obligations. It Honestly, it's a miracle that I'm here today because I had to do another radio show here in town for the Reds post game. And I barely got home in time to catch collision. And honestly, the whole Twitter thing today has just been driving me insane that I kind of just want to like break something. So you, you got me fired up talking about that before we even got on the air today. So I'm kind of in a spicy mood at this, at this point, but I don't really have a whole lot to bitch about or any because it was another, another week, another good collision. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a really, really solid show. And I do like how they opened up similar to last week with like the promos. So you mm-hmm. got a little bit of an idea of what we were going to get tonight. So that was different. I was really excited about that because I feel like it's just a little a little show prep, a little mini show prep before the actual show happens. And I don't know if you are a collider, but I guess I we're that. all colliders now. Yes, colliders unite and make sure to get your Super Chats and your Humper Chats in. We will go through every single one of them throughout the show tonight. 
Uh, so make sure to submit those if you want a comment read on the air. Uh, also, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Give us a smiley face, a laugh, whatever you need to do. All right. Wh whatever kind of engagement you can give us. We got over 170 people in the chat right now. If you all gave us a thumbs up, that really helps drive up our audience. If you have not subscribed to the FIFA YouTube channel, please go ahead and do that uh, as well. Because uh, look, by every night of the week, almost there is something live here for you right here on the FIFA YouTube channel. So hop right on that. And yeah, let's go ahead and plug Sean Ross app who, who will not be here tonight, uh, except in spirit and maybe with a, a short message or two a little bit later, but uh, he's in, he's in London and hopefully that man is asleep right now after a, a long day uh, for him. And I've been bothering him all day and he was out at money in the bank, which was a, uh, from what I saw of it, which was most of it. Cause I was double dipping. Uh, you know, it was a really, really good show. So you know what? If you guys want to talk about collision, great. And that's going to be the focus. But if you want to send in a super chat or a humper chat about what we saw at Money in the Bank, I'll allow it because Sean's not here and I can make the rules tonight because that's that's just how we're going to roll here on the uh, Fightful YouTube channel. So, uh, Luis, if people want to put uh, have a comment or question about Money in the Bank, go ahead and, you know, make a tab, uh, make them uh, open and available to them. And we will uh, get to all of your comments and concerns throughout the entirety of the show. Without any further ado, Iridian. Let's hop into the open, which saw the collision debut of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He takes on some dude named Kip Morst. Yeah. And he beat the snot out of him. I look, we, we all knew what this was going to be. He comes out there. He, like the dude barely, Ring announcer barely got out that this dude was from Hamilton. And <laughs> MJF just beats him down. He has him annihilated with the heat seeker, but he does that nice little move where he just kind of gets up just to rub some salt in the wounds one more time and, and get some more heat with the crowd. And then he puts the LaBelle lock on him and the dude is barely alive enough yeah. to, to tap out. Um, I'm glad that we got more on top of this to kind of deliver on MJF's, you know, debut and this big yeah. debut for him, but to just kind of open the show and give a little bit of heat and kind of like Max just delivering a giant FU after complaining all week long that he had to wrestle on on collision this week. Uh, I thought this was a pretty fun little open. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought the match was going to be about three, four seconds long as soon as I saw that he went down there. And he's like, oh, you know what? No, it's okay. I'll let the leg go at two. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to be petty, petty tonight. And, yeah, he was. But the match was like, what, 10, 15 seconds? And it's Max. What do we expect? He says he's, he's mad at Adam Cole for having to have him wrestle every week mm -hmm. or, or tony because he's gonna make him wrestle every week so yeah it's for his aw collision debut i am glad that they didn't just have him do that little thing and then move on i'm glad that ethan came out to to address him yeah because you know mjf in full being who he is he gets on the microphone right and he's really cocky and he's he's basically talking shit to the entire city of of, of hamilton and crapping on Canada and he's so confident that there is not a single person out there that is from Hamilton which is you know okay it's 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 a little cliche to do that I challenge anybody from Hamilton knowing somebody in the AEW locker room is is going to be there but they send out they send out this big boy I I don't know who big boy was but like I'm like where are we going with this right because this guy comes out and you know MJF is calling with the ring. He's saying, come here, fatty. Come on. Yeah, we'll take you on next. This is exactly what I wanted. 
And then we get Ethan Page, who just brushes by dude, tells him to go into the back, and he comes down to the ring with a purpose. And a giant smile came across my face because Ethan Page, as he will allude to in his promo, is one of the vastly underused guys in this company. And honestly, I think, I don't know if miscast is the right word, Mm -hmm. but just for the fact that this is a guy who hasn't really been able to showcase what he can do so much. I remember when he's in the tag team with Scorpio Sky and they got, yeah, they got top team Dan Lambert doing most of the talking for him. And I'm like, why the guy doesn't need anybody on the microphone for him. And he proved it with this promo. He comes out, he puts over the city, he puts over his dad, right? The first thing that he did that was so great is Max picks up the microphone to tie back his way out of the, you know, what he has just stepped in. And Ethan's immediately like, nope, shut the F up. He smacks the microphone out of his hand. And you could tell Max was going to say, you aren't on my level, kid, so go to the back. Starts talking about his dad, how he busted his butt and made his way from a a steel worker up to president of multiple companies. And his dad showed him the right way to do things. And he said, yes, Max, I'm not on your level because I'm not a bare minimum bitch, which I thought was a fantastic line. I'm a sucker for an alliteration. And that, that one made me pop. This was a really, really passionate promo from Ethan Page. Also goes on to talk about how Max may be the AEW champion, but he is a champion for AEW. Tony Khan calls, asks him to jump. He says how high. 24-hour notice. He's on the road going out to promote the, the Canadian tour to try to help sell the tickets to AEW Collision and all these shows that they got coming up. And... Drops that line about his wife saying, well, when are they going to pay you back for all of this stuff that you've been doing for them? And he says, right effing now. And all of this to set up an AEW world title match. This was this was a perfect setup and a really good spotlight for Ethan. Yeah, what a fantastic promo from Ethan. I'm really, really glad that we got to see him tonight. I was excited when he came out. I'm like, yes, finally, we have been waiting for Ethan to really get the push. And Mm -hmm. I feel like he was not, uh, like you said, the word not misplaced, but um, he kind of got lost in the sauce when he first came out. Featured a lot. And we kind of struggled to really see Ethan for who he was. And I feel like this promo tonight really helped people like, oh, wow, really make that connection to Ethan. And it was just so heartwarming. You know, he talked about his dad. He talked about his wife. And he talked about how much he loves AEW. And the fact that he isn't a champion doesn't affect how hard he champions for the company, which what a fantastic line on him. He was such a great speaker tonight and yeah. a 10 out of 10 promo so ethan i felt like i was at a poetry slam listening to this guy I was like, <laughs> yes yes finally some snaps let's do it and i love the fire and the energy and the passion that he brings like not all of this he doesn't always crank it up to 11 for all of his promos but when it, and that really kind of helps it when he does and tonight he did crank it up uh for for sure uh ian hunter uh with a super chat says uh shout out to world renowned steve brown the big guy who came out to mjf uh, that ethan moved aside hamilton local who trained with ethan since day one so there we go steve brown uh was the uh the bigger gentleman uh who came down so yeah absolutely shout out to him and thank you for the uh thank you for the education uh, Mr. Ian Hunter, I really appreciate it. Parker Hines saying, uh, having collision benefits people like Ethan Page. Yes. 
Yes, it does. And that's what I wanted out of this show. I want to see Ethan Page on television every week. I want to see Powerhouse Hobbs on television every week. Ricky Starks, Andrade, Miro. We saw all of them tonight. And we should see all of them every single week, Iridian. Every single damn week. That's what this show is for. Yeah, and I'm really, really glad that now we have two more hours of wrestling in the week where we can really feature and showcase guys like this because, yeah, MJF is on Dynamite and he, you know, did come out on Rampage, but now having him on Collision, you know, other stars are being featured more. And this was the time that they have to actually be able to showcase their work. So more of Ethan, please, because tonight that match was so good. And to have it be the opening match, you know, the second opening match, really, because Ethan versus MJF. What just what a fantastic showcase of both of these guys. Uh, Ronald Hollock with a uh, super chat saying, I really love collision. Amazing in ring night uh, all over. Next week is going to feel the bang like DDP, Diamond Cutter, Punk versus Joe, FTR versus uh, Bullet Club, Gold, Starks versus Hobbs, and Athena versus Willow in the Owen Cup. Hell yes. Uh, I was going to get to the rundown next week. Like, I'm enjoying, I enjoyed what we watched tonight, Iridian, but with that lineup that was announced for next week, like, I'm sitting here checking, can we go ahead and just fast forward to 8 o'clock next Saturday night? Because that's that's what I'm talking about. We're going to get to see, uh, look, Athena and Willow throwing down is is one thing, but then you add in Punk and Joe on top of that. FTR, Jay White, Juice Robinson. I mean, next week's lineup is stacked. Yeah, and the matches that happened tonight to get to next week were also great. So Collision so far has not been a letdown. I feel like each week they have been giving us really solid wrestling matches, really solid promos. The storylines are building. So I'm excited to see next week. And yeah, let's get to what happened tonight. Yeah, uh, it, one thing that is going to be interesting to see tomorrow, though, for this show is how many people tuned in oh. to watch it. It's a holiday weekend, right? Yeah. Holiday weekend. I got people all around my house right now who are outside shooting off fireworks. So I know they weren't watching wrestling, right? Because yeah. we got to shoot off fireworks on July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and all the way up to the 13th in my neighborhood. So um, they didn't a huge drop from week one to week two. Mm -hmm. We'll see how they progress from week two to week three but the only way you're going to build and sustain a core audience on saturday night is to continue to put on good shows yeah. book the best matches you can and as you said that we're seeing the seeds for all the storylines being planted and now they gotta you know let they gotta cultivate those seeds sooner or later and the audience will come over time uh yeah. we get we do get the match max does accept uh well technically max issued the open challenge but you knew Ethan Page had to talk him into actually taking on the match, and he does. Um, and I thought this, once again, this was a really rock-solid showing for Ethan Page in the ring tonight. Uh, he injures his knee fairly early on in the match, does a fantastic job of, of selling it, especially in the important parts of the match. Uh, later on, you know, he's going up to the top rope that allows MJF to knock him off. Uh, he's still able to overpower him, overpower him. He hits a super power slam, lands right on the knee. He's writhing in pain. He can't capitalize uh, off of that. Um, before you know it, though, MJF gets a hold of him. He does the dragon screw right after a match um, at, at Forbidden Door, right? And he, you know, 
Ethan's knee buckles and then he hits the, the, the heat seeker for the win here. So you kind of, you kind of protect Ethan knowing that he injured himself and he was able to, to fight through it to the end and got, you know, got close against MJF, but MJF wins good showing for Ethan overall. What'd you think of the match tonight? Yeah. Did I think that Ethan was going to win? No, but was I glad that he was getting a championship opportunity? Absolutely, because he definitely deserves that. And I hope that in the future they keep giving him these chances because I do think that he could be a great champion for AEW. Um, he did mention in his promo that, you know, hey, you know, Tony Khan called me 24 hours before this tour and here I am promoting it. Or, you know, I, I got on the plane and right away, you know, I did my job, which Ethan is that kind of person, that kind of worker. Not saying that a lot of these other wrestlers aren't, you know, we're just talking about Ethan right now, but he really is such a great athlete. And I feel like he is the total package when it comes to a wrestler. He's got the charisma. He's great with the fans. He's got the look and he can put the work in, in the ring. So I am thousand percent here for more Ethan and MJF. I mean, we'll see what other shenanigans he gets into this week. Well, the, the thing that I do like about what they're doing with MJF is they're, they're addressing the biggest criticism of his title run so far. You had people who were complaining he wasn't wrestling enough, mm -hmm. which is the same exact criticism that Roman Reigns gets in WWE yep. as you know the main champion is the fact that he is essentially a special attraction part-time performer. And that's where kind of even MJF himself had said, hey, I'm, I'm an attraction. I you don't get me every week. I'm going to wrestle as little as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So they hear the negative feedback and they're, they're doing their part to correct that. I think, you know, between November 19th, when he won the belt and May 28th, he wrestled five matches Wow! since. Yeah, five. Uh, he's now technically wrestled four in the last two weeks. If you would count him beating, you know, uh, Jimmy Jobber uh, earlier on in the show tonight. So uh, technically he's got four matches now and he's going to yeah. be wrestling now in the, the double eliminator tournament. So we're getting more MJF. Um, beforehand, though, it was really kind of a quality over quantity type situation mm -hmm. where you're going up, up against Brian Danielson and we're yeah. getting that, that hell of a match. Adam Cole, is he able to sustain, in your opinion, the match quality with the quantity that he's now been adding onto it? Oh, absolutely. I think that MJF is fantastic in the ring. Mind you, he was having like hour-long matches, mm -hmm. close to hour-long matches before. And yes, tonight's match, the first one was about 15 seconds. We can find a happy balance, right? Once we find a happy balance, then I feel like MJF can have these weekly matches because he can go. He's young. He's a star. He's got it. He's the champion for a reason. So... I think being able to see him more and putting his championship on the line more frequently than before is also great. Bizarro Big L with a super chat says uh, collision is a palate cleanser after having Ooh. to listen to WWE's garbage. He says commentary, uh, wow. good show, good show, but they need a refresh. I feel like Vince is feeding them lines. Uh, after uh, Barrett called Drew a one-man band of destruction. He says, nobody needs to remember 3MB. Nobody ever, all caps, uh, he says. First off. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, they'll sugarcoat it now, right? Uh, you know, really kind of lay it in there uh, next time. But uh, I didn't get a chance to hear a whole lot of the commentary on uh, 
Money in the Bank. I was kind of double dipping uh, with my other job while watch. I was watching a Reds game and watching Money in the Bank at the same time, more focusing on the Reds game because that's what I needed to talk about at that point in time. But uh, I was the commentary that egregious on, on Money in the Bank today? I, I don't know. I saw little clips of it on Twitter. I was also at work. Um, right now, Chicago has NASCAR. So where I am downtown, the cars are just zooming by. So I had hmm. a lot to be distracted by. Fair enough. Uh, I will say I don't think Vince is feeding them lines from home. I don't think he's in London. He wasn't there. So I don't know if Vince is technically feeding him lines at home unless he's texting, you know, Wade Barrett, you know, like, hey, make sure you say this when Drew comes out. They have I will to, say they have to be on WhatsApp. They have to be like type in on that. Yeah, I will say this much about Drew McIntyre showing up today. WWE did a hell of a job of keeping a lid on that thing. Nobody. Yeah. And I mean, no, not even Sean. Sean put out a report earlier today on Fightful Select. Still the best $5 you can spend in wrestling. But Sean's report on Fightful Select this morning was it, it's been really quiet on Drew McIntyre. And if he's going to be involved with this show, if he's going to be on it, they have done a great job of keeping it quiet. And yeah. it was one of the more shocking moments. And it was one of the best moments of the night that London crowd popping for, you know, the UK guy. And then he knocks Gunther's head off. What's 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 not to love uh, about <laughs> that? Uh, wrestling wind down says Iridian's makeup is on point. Love the show. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you so much. it. Thank also, you so much. Rick, your, your makeup is also on point, Rick. Just oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I, I actually need to start wearing some and brighten up this pasty pale face. That's that's for, for dang sure. You can tell I'm a radio guy. Uh, like that first that first collision, like I wanted it to feel special. So I put on the I put on the blazer, you know, make yeah. sure I look real nice, make sure the hair was on point. This is my I just got off of a seven hour radio shift look. So uh, this is what you're going to see more often than not on the uh, on the collision post shows. That's you know uh, what? It, it's good that we're prepping the viewers for what they're going to get. Yeah, I just. Yeah, realistic expectations. That's all. You know, don't. You know, I came. I came strong on the first one, right? You come out of the gate really, really strong, and now you know this. This is what you're gonna get, right? This, we, we've we've it's like our tenth year of marriage at this point, right? This is this is just what I who I am. This is what you're gonna get. Uh, feel free to keep getting your uh, super chats and humper chats in here, guys. We're gonna get to uh, all of them uh, throughout the show here. We will move on though uh, to our first of three. Uh, quarterfinal matchups for the Owen Hart Cup tournament. It was Powerhouse Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes. This one, Iridian, was way, way more competitive than I thought it was going to be. When this matchup was first announced, I'm thinking, okay, this is four minutes. Dustin is going to, you know, maybe get a hope spot or two. But you look at the matchup on paper. I mean, Dustin's whole thing right now is... I'm close. I'm on. I'm, he's not on the back nine. He's literally on the 18th green. Like his career is in ring career is winding down. You've got powerhouse Hobbs who has him on side speed athleticism. He's on the, he's teeing off on hole two as far as his career is concerned. And I appreciate them giving Dustin a good showing, but I feel like it would have done Hobbs better if he would have just absolutely trashed Dustin in this one and didn't need not one, not two, but three outside interferences from QT Marshall to win this. Mm -hmm. Listen, Dustin went into that match tonight and said, I am getting my paycheck. As soon as I leave the ring, <laughs> I am going to get paid and props to him. I honestly, when 
this match was announced, I was like, eh, okay, same as you. I was like, it's going to be four minutes. I'm not going to be like, it's not going to be anything crazy. I'm not going to be impressed afterwards. Like, it's just going to be a match and we'll see who who moves on. Mm-hmm. But Justin was fighting for his life. Okay. Yeah. And he was really putting up a fight against Hobbs when he kicked out of that spine buster on one. I was like, oh my God, absolutely insane. And the crowd was loving it. The crowd was here for it. Yeah. Uh, I think this, I think the crowd was hotter for this match than they were for Starks and Juice Robinson. Like, wait, okay. Mm, I don't know about that. We'll get to that later. Unless, like, seriously, unless my my volume was messed up tonight. Mm. All right, I'm just saying there there yeah. were some lulls. Mm. All right, there were some lulls in Hamilton when Starks and Juice were going at it. But uh, yeah, you had Dustin get uh, a couple of close two counts on this one. Um, he did get busted open after uh, QT chucked him into a ring post, uh, but he gets a close two count after hitting a crossroads and uh, a pile driver. Uh, he grabs another one after he hits a code red uh, on, on the big man. Yeah. Uh, like you said, he gets hit with the spine buster and he does the the warrior wow. spot where he kicks out yeah. at one and he's all fired up and he's ready to go. Uh, Rhodes actually finally gets he goes for the scoop power slam earlier in the match, doesn't get it. But then he finally gets enough momentum with Hobbs running at him and he's able to, to get the big guy over uh, another another two count. And then he gets hit with the right hand from from QT, gets another spine buster and he's out like again, I d- in in a bubble, I don't have an issue with this kind of a match. But when you look at there's there's just something about Hobbs, right? Getting that kind of help from QT Marshall to yeah. beat Dustin Rhodes, who on paper, realistically, he should have decimated inside of three minutes. No disrespect to the natural, right? I, I don't like QT constantly. Ha- it's like every time the Usos would yeah. help Roman Reigns win a match, like he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it, like, especially three times. Maybe once QT can get involved, but I think that that's something about him helping three times and then literally having to hand a right shot to Dustin to win this match, Yeah, it, not for me. I, I I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense when you look at the man with the power and the statue and stature and the athleticism of, of Hobbs. And do you know what was interesting? I don't know if you were paying attention to commentary, um, but they were mentioning throughout the match that Dustin said that he was like ready to retire. He only had a couple more years in him. And I'm like, well, it's interesting that they're saying that now because this man is fighting, fighting. Like he is really putting in that work. So it doesn't seem like he's going to retire anytime soon, especially if he's fighting against guys like Hobbs and really making Hobbs work for it. And it's not even Hobbs just by himself. Like, like you said, it's QT Marshall. Uh, QTV was there. Um, uh, Harley, Harley was also ringside. Mm-hmm. Yep. It wasn't just him, and she she was the one who distracted the ref that allowed QT to hit the right hand. So exactly, yeah. so this whole team is behind him, and we know Hobbs is a monster by himself. So I don't know what QTV was doing out there tonight. I do like the stuff that they do backstage segments and stuff, but I don't think it made Hobbs look good tonight. Yeah, he gets the win. Uh, I don't agree with how he got the win, but look, at the end of the day, it could have been worse. He could have lost. So he's in. He's into the semifinals. And uh, we want to thank Gina Kay, who is uh, a new member here on uh, Fightful. So thank you so much. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, And we appreciate all of your guys' support. Uh, Thumbs up, comments, uh, super chats, humper chaps. Get them in. Uh, If you haven't subscribed, please do that. If you uh, have $5 and you want the best wrestling news, uh, 
your fingertips sent right to your email. Uh, subscribe to Fightful Select. Believe me, it is worth it. Uh, our next match was Miro against Anthony Henry. And Iridian, I was honestly surprised how much <laughs> offense that Henry got in this match. Um, it's crazy, right? Like, I love Anthony Henry. I think Anthony Henry's so cool. But I'm like, oh, okay, Miro is going to be another squash match. And they were letting him put up a fight, which I was deeply impressed with. Yeah, they let him shine. They gave him a good shine spot. Uh, showed off his athleticism before, you know, Miro finally finished him off with his uh, his usual game over combo. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the second match that Miro has had. And it, they're not enhancement matches, right? But the, he's... He's picking off people who are lower on the card. First, it was Tony Nice on the on the debut episode. And now, you know, he's taking on uh, Anthony Henry, who has a bright future, but he's not not even a I would consider somebody who's on the mid card yet He's a guy who had one singles match so far this year, period. So kind of a guy they just threw to the wolves like, hey, here you go. Here's a little snack for you. This is great. Yep. Setting him up. Obviously, we got a little bit of storyline progression with him, you know, denouncing his God, denouncing his wife and everything that he did last week. I'm kind of ready for them to, I'm already weak. I'm already three weeks into this. I'm kind of like, okay, where are we going from here? What are we doing with Miro? Yeah. Um, It's interesting that last week he cut the promo where he was like, I don't need a God. I don't need a hot wife. Like I am fine by myself. And I kind of expected Miro to have kind of a more dominant match. Yes, he was dominant tonight, but from week one or the first time that we saw him against Tony Nese, where he was completely dominant to now kind of Anthony Henry putting up a fight. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe we should have got the promo, you know, we should have got those matches switched. Like we should have seen him be like, Oh, someone putting up a fight and then get the promo and then have the squash match. So now we see the effect of that. Yeah. And again, nitpicking here, right? Cause we're yeah, talking yeah. about a guy who had like 45 seconds of offense and we're wondering, <laughs> you know, we're like, why what are, are they doing? doing? Yeah. But, when Miro hasn't been around for a while and you're putting him up against people like Anthony Henry, mm-hmm. who's not on his level yet, at least to this point in his career, I, I really do. I want to see total domination. If you're going to put him in a match like this, I want to see him dominate. Just play with him. Just toy with the man. Yeah. Like, if he gets one hit on him, don't don't sell it, right? <laughs> like, you know, just go, just go full... The hell was that? You know, like yeah. Luke Skywalker in last in Last Jedi, like we saw before Collision started tonight, right? Yeah. You gave me your best shot, and you know, it was nothing. Whatever. That's what I want to see out of this man until we find out what his actual like. What's he gonna do? Is. Yeah. What's, what's he gonna, gonna do? do? What's what's the good chunk of of this storyline? Where are we going? I I I need to see at least somebody who has potential in the roster who is going to go up against Miro because like the Tony knees, we hadn't seen Tony knees in a while and right. now Anthony Henry, you know, so who, who is this leading up to? I, I need a little bit more. I get it. We're on week three. Like yep. Rick said, we're being a little picky. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with Miro now. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a line that I say to my uh, my four-year-old every day, patience. And I'm talking to both of us, all right? All right, patience. Let's wait it out. Yes. We don't get everything we want right now. But uh, uh, if it's August and we're still breaking down these kind of squash matches, then I'm going to start to get a little, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a little antsy. I'm going to get a little antsy. Um, Parker Hines says, uh, who do you want Miro to feud with first Ooh. on Collision? 
That's interesting. I, you know, I can say, oh, I'm ready for somebody. And I don't know. I can't even name someone right now. Yeah. Um, that's, I don't, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, look, be, look behind your shoulder. That's, I mean, oh, that's, that's where it is right there. Orange Cassidy. That's, that's the, the guy. money. That's You're the right. one. Like, that's like, I know orange is look. And I, and I, I think I said this, uh, two weeks ago, the last time I was on the show and I said it, you know, this, this past Wednesday doing the dynamite review, I hope that the lead up to this, or at least the, the boiling down of his international championship reign is him continuing to accept these open challenges. And every single week he gets more beat up. He gets more exhausted. Uh, like we're seeing him have to resort to different tactics to win matches because he can't convincingly beat anybody anymore. So at forbidden door, somebody else hits their finishing move and he throws him out of the ring and he steals the cover. Then he's rolling up to get wins on dynamite. So his wins are getting less convincing. He's getting more beat up. He's, he's, more and more exhausted. I want him to issue an open challenge on collision, whether it's three weeks from now, four weeks from now, whatever, whenever the best time to do it is Miro decimates him inside of two minutes. And then he goes back and Renee interviews him like she always does. And he, she says, Hey, do you, do you want a rematch? And he just goes, no. And walks <laughs> off. Like he's done. That's it. He's done. He just goes, nope, don't want it. Don't want that smoke. I'm good. You know, I just had a 50 title defense run over the last 10 months or however long he's had it now. Right. It seems like forever because he defends it so much, but it's one of my favorite title defenses. If we're not leading up to something like that with literally pick any of these monsters they have on the roster, yeah. there's a lot of beef there. I think Miro is the perfect guy for that. And I would love to see that. And I would love to see what Miro does with the international title. That's what I want. I don't know if we're getting it, but that's what I want. Yeah. And that's interesting because we would then have a championship title on specifically, I guess, collision because Miro is on collision, but he could also, you know, be back and forth with that. Um, Pack, you know, we haven't seen him in a while. Yep. I, I think that would also be a great feud. I don't remember if he's injured or not, but he is also a very terrifying man. So I think that that feud would also be really, really cool to see. Uh, personally, I would also love to see Miro elevated to the main event scene. So you could throw him in there with Max, but not yet, because if you're, if, if we get to the point that Max is feuding with Miro, mm -hmm. I want Miro to win. So yeah. let's patience again. Patience is the, uh, <laughs> name of the game on this one. Uh, Ricardo El Notorio says just some love for the new crew. And we appreciate it. We appreciate all the love on all your super chats. And Humper Chats, get as many of them as in, in as you can. We will get to uh, all of them before we sign off today. Bizarro Big L says, Rick, stop spoiling that we give up <laughs> after wearing a suit for a day. That's how your sweatshirts get stolen. I already got cursed on the golf course by getting a random text from my ex. If you need makeup, I suggest Danhausen or Sting. Uh, red under the eye goes uh, far, according to Bizarro Big L. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't give up that easily. I promise. So now next week you need to show up in a suit. I hope that you know that's what that means. Yeah. Problem is, like, my suit doesn't really fit anymore. Cause you know, put it over the shoulders. It'll it'll be classy. It's, it's it's really baggy now. Like it's it's the good. <laughs> it's like it's a good reason it doesn't fit. Yeah. Because yeah, because I'm slimming down. But yeah, it it doesn't fit. Anymore. put it over the chair for the vibes there we go i'll put it over the chair and then over my shoulders and then it'll actually like fit or i could actually stop being lazy and go to a tailor uh <laughs> but you know regardless it, it it is what it 
Uh, we get a Bullet Club Gold promo. Uh, and man, okay, Iridian, have you what? seen have you seen Austin Powers? I love Austin Powers. Okay, so you've seen all three of them. Yes. Okay, so we it's Bullet Club Gold member. Like it's it's Bullet Club Gold member. Gold member is, is what this is because Jay White speaks and all I hear is I love gold. Like like seriously, that's what I hear. That is all this man is talking about. I mean, the the early parts of the promo were kind of paint by numbers, kind of generic. They're going out there, they're they're playing up themselves, you know, the golden guns, and they're talking about everything that they've done, and we've beaten all your favorites, and it's pretty paint by number heel stuff. Uh, but eventually, you know, Jay gets on the mic and he gets to the point and he starts addressing CM Punk and he says, Hey, look, you know, if, if you want to keep your AEW championship, you better keep it in that red bag because yeah. when I get around gold, I want it. I want to take it. I want to have it. And then he starts addressing FTR and he starts addressing, addressing the tag team titles. And then we get the guns talking about how they want the tag team titles as well. So Bullet Club Gold is here for exactly what their name suggests, right? So they're all Bullet Club Gold members. They all want to, to, to grab whatever gold they can get their hands on, even if it's a AEW world title that is not the legitimate AEW world title. Because So they keep addressing CM Punk as he is, like he's a world champion, even though he's not. He had to relinquish the title. Max won it by beating John Moxley. Yeah, who won the title back, and you know they they keep they keep addressing this, which makes me think the end game here is Punk and Max at some point. You know what? I'm so confused, um, and I don't know if other people are also confused, but the fact that they keep mentioning this Santa Claus bag and Punk you know, showed, showed it. And it kind of has like the outline. I was looking at the outline and I'm like, well, there could be a championship belt in there. Who knows? He was like, Oh, well, Max went to the shop and then he bought a replica yeah. and then they've been fighting for the replica this whole time. I'm like, sir, if you have it, show it, show it. That's, that's what I'm going to need to see. Okay. But bullet club gold is so much fun. I don't know if you have as much fun as I do, Rick, but these guys are hilarious. Jay white gives me such hot girl vibes. Like he's the hot girl of the group. Like he knows what's up. He literally went up to Tony Schiavone and said, I don't like your energy. So <laughs> he's so hilarious. And then he goes out to call all these people out. They call themselves the bang bang gang, which I think is very questionable because you also have the ass boys in there. So there's just a plethora of jokes that can go off of that. The bang bang gang and the ass boys. Like yeah, we not think of better names. Like it's well, and here's the other thing. It's kind of mean girl vibes, too, because they they man, how many times did Jay White tonight say rock hard juice Robinson? Yeah. Like he's trying to make fetch happen. And I don't know if fetch is going to happen because I don't know how I I, I, I don't. I'm not going to uh, unless I'm forced to. Right. You're not like, going to call I'm, him that. You're not going to call him that. From Why this not? point on, I'm not going to call him rock hard juice Robinson. Like that's the last time that's going to come out of my mouth. All right. <laughs> For the exact you know verbiage that I just used, that's the last. Time <laughs> that's, I'm, that's the last time I'm gonna say that because like every time it goes, I'm like, man, that's just not hitting for me. Like I don't know what it. I it just doesn't hit for me. Like, and you know but I get, I get what they're doing, right? They're being the, the annoying heels, but yes, yeah. they are funny. They're they are entertaining. To your point. They the camera then cut to like some dude in the audience who had a giant sign that had three arrows that said "Bang Bang Gang," and it was just him. He was the whole gang. Like, 
I don't know if you saw that, but I was cracking up. I thought this segment was really well placed because we had just gotten a couple matches and I'm like, you know what? Yes, I need a breather. We do need to be introduced to the new members of the Bullet Club. And yeah. I think that they are all actually going to work well together because they are all so chaotic. Yeah, it. I wasn't sure how I would like the guns in the Bullet Club at first, but it, it's going to work. It, it, it's yeah. going to work because they are all... They're all very meta and self-aware and they will, you know, they'll make their jokes and they'll, they'll say things that come off as serious, but you know, like they're part of the joke, they're part of the act and they're going to be entertaining, but they're also all really good. Like we all give, you know, the gun club crap, right? But they're still, they're far and away better than where they were when they first came into the company and they continue to progress. And I think this is going to help elevate them even more than you know what they were doing with the acclaimed or what they were doing with their dad so this is going to put them in a new light it's going to put them in a new situation and i think they're going to thrive because i think they're both they're both funny guys they're both entertaining and they just they're getting better in the ring uh as well we did uh, go backstage you talked about it there a little bit uh where we see uh punk and ftr and ricky starks is getting swole for his match he's uh stretching and, and pumping uh, a little bit uh, and he dropped that line. He said, if Jay wants a championship belt so bad to do what Max did and go buy one on shopaew.com. I thought that was a good line. FTR says the guns can have a uh, shot anytime they want at their AEW tag team titles, but uh, they all know that when it matters most, the guns shoot blanks. I thought that was a really, really good line. Um, and now you have all of Bullet Club Gold, who's really kind of focusing a little bit as long as that title is in the bag for cm punk they're all kind of focusing on ftr because next week we're getting an eliminator match between jay and juice and ftr and the guns are there as well and they want their shot so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out um who's really going to be going after ftr and the tag team titles out of these four guys yeah. You know what I thought was funny is when they immediately cut to that camera, Ricky was not facing the camera and I felt like he so badly wanted to not be in the shot. He said, please don't get me in here. People are going to start booing. And people were booing when they saw CM yeah. Punk and FTR. The boos were so loud. And then he finally turns around and I'm like, I don't think you know, Ricky could have just been by himself, but I get it. Um, Bullet Club Gold has just addressed them. So they all needed to be in the same place at the same time. Sure. But I really hope that they don't start pairing Ricky Starks with CMFTR because we see that the crowd loves, loves Ricky. And I feel like when you throw CMFTR in there, it gets a little confusing. So I think that we do need to keep Ricky separated from that. And uh, the match that he had with Juice was just great. I think it could be that the second main event of the night. Yeah, I don't think they are going to be pairing Ricky with CM Punk and FTR, and I'll tell you why later on in the program. That's Ooh, what we, let's do it. That, yes. That's what that's what we radio people call a tease. A tease. Because I want you to hang on until we start talking about the semifinals of the Owen Cup. But yeah, Ricky Starks takes on Juice Robinson, and Ricky wins this one. Um, it's not too often, Iridian, you see a drop down that works. And yeah. not only works, but does damage. Like that spot genuinely surprised me to the point where initially i'm like oh damn they messed up i'm like oh no they meant to do that like it was timed perfectly like i thought juice was just slow getting down and no he did it on purpose to send ricky crashing down he hurts his knee 
He hits his head off of the, the ring apron, and then he spends a majority of the match trying to uh, overcome uh, the knee injury. And he had a couple of really, really good spots where he was able to do a, a, a huge tornado DDT without really one, one foot off the turnbuckle, and he hits it and just using his full momentum to roll through. Uh, he does end up getting able to hit the spear uh, at some point. He not able to do uh, Rochambeau, but uh, he gets the win, uh, reversing with a uh, with a cradle there uh, to to pick up the win once again. I think this was the right guy. Yeah. Again, I'm a nitpick here. All right, I'm a, nit- I'm a nitpick. All right. Typically, on one show though, mm-hmm. you don't want matches to seem too similar to one another. Okay. And we had the opening match where Ethan injured his left knee and spent a lot of time favoring the knee, trying to overcome the knee injury, and he didn't. And this match felt very similar in the fact that Ricky injures his left knee. He spends most of the, you know, getting heat on the knee, trying to overcome the injury, and then he actually does. So it's it's a little similar to me. I'm going to nitpick again. But where they did what I thought was great that separated this is that Juice Robinson did a good job of doing unconventional heat to make the match feel a little bit different, picking up Ricky and scoop slamming him and throwing him into the, into the ring ropes to hit, not only, you know, hit the head as well off the scoop slam, but also to hit the knee off of the ropes and continue to gain heat that way. Instead of this typical kick the knee, put him in a half crab, something like that. Uh, So that's what made it feel different. I think juice did a good job of making each match feel like their own thing. Again, just a nitpick thing here because it was basically the same formula for both of those matches. Honestly, I didn't even notice that. Didn't <laughs> catch that at all. Okay. This was a very serious match. There was a lot on the line here, Rick. I don't know if you know this, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of drama. Okay. We did not get closure when it came to Hobbs and Ricky. And no, whoever won this match was going to fight Hobbs. So we were like, all right, Ricky. This is your time, and Ricky's my pick to win the entire thing. So, yes, I had a favorite going into this. Um, Ricky is just fantastic. And like I said, I think this qualified as like a second main event because Ricky and Juice worked so, so well together. When they did that little trip up and Ricky hit the rope with like his face, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then there was one spot where – juice covering him and he was holding onto the trunks and the two was said and the hand was coming down for the three i thought it was very very close i'm like no are they really gonna do this they're gonna deprive us of hobbs versus ricky i thought that would have been insane but juice has such menace behavior that the way that he was just yelling throughout this match anytime he did a big move just yelling ricky was insane perfect i absolutely love that He's basically animal from the Muppets. Like he just makes loud noises and it's hilarious. Like you get what he's doing, right? But I mean, he he's animal from the Muppets is what he is. He's he's really, really over the top. He's mm. funny and it works for him. Like he's just figured it out and it's really, really good. But from a storyline standpoint, yes, this makes the most sense. These were the yeah. semifinal matchups that we a majority of fans wanted to see. When the bracket came out, we were like, okay, well, we definitely need to get Joe versus Punk, and we definitely need to get Hobbs versus Starks, and they made the right call because yes. Juice is tied up with CM Punk and FTR and all that stuff. So you could you could have done Punk and, uh, and Juice in the finals, but I don't think – I don't know. I Ultimately, when you look at all of that, it's 
and Jay at some point. So them doing punk and, and juice in the finals didn't make much sense to me. So going this direction, this, this is what we needed. This is what we want. And all I'm going to say is if it took 11 minutes and three people for Hobbs to beat uh, old man river, Dustin, Dustin Rhodes tonight, Ricky Starks better whoop Hobbs's ass next week. All right. Starks better win this thing clean as a sheet in dominating fashion, because you know, if Hobbs needs help to beat Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Starks need, needs to move on to the finals. Ricky needs to have that man in the air. I don't know what he's got to do. <laughs> this has got to be with a quickness, and that final is just going to be so good. I have a feeling it might be CM Punk versus Ricky. So I, um, we'll see how, how that turns out. It should be. It, it 100% should be. <laughs> and Punk needs to lose. We'll get there. Yeah. Mm. Patience. 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 We'll Name of the game. Uh, we appreciate everybody who is in uh, watching live uh, here on a Saturday night with us as we approach the 11 o'clock hour. Thank you guys so much for spending part of your 4th of July weekend with us here on the Fightful YouTube channel. Uh, go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. All of your engagement really helps uh, drive up uh, our audience, and we appreciate all the support. Get your super chats in and your humper chats. If you want a comment read live on the air, it does need to be a super chat. does need to be a humper chat. We will read all of them. Uh, yes. before the show comes to an end. So make sure to get those in. And again, if you uh, weren't uh, here on the top of the show, if you've got a question, comment about anything about uh, Money in the Bank earlier today, we will answer those as well because I make the rules. <laughs> I make the rules today. Sean Rossap isn't there. I haven't had a chance to really talk about uh, Money in the Bank yet, but Sean ain't here, but he does have a message for everybody. Is your sex life stuck in developmental? Well, get ready for a call up with bluechew.com and the code Fightful. Same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but how about this? No awkward in-person visits, no trips to the pharmacy. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package. But let me tell you, your package is not going to be discreet when you use Blue Chew and the code Fightful. helps to give you that confidence, that performance to take you straight to the main event, if you know what I'm saying. When approved online by one of our physicians, it just arrives straight to your door. You're not going to have people nosing around with what you're doing. And right now, you get your first shipment free when you use the code FIGHTFUL. Go straight to the top. You know what I mean. Memorable performance, high spot, you know, whatever other innuendos you can think of, bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL. Thank you so much, Sean. Appreciate it. Always nice to see your smiling face here on a Saturday night. We had a Sean Spear sighting tonight, Iridian, as we get uh, Christian Cage, the self-proclaimed TNT champion. And, well, Luchasaurus doesn't really seem to be fighting that all that much. Uh, we get a backstage interview with him where he's asked about why he is masquerading as the TNT champion, even though Luchasaurus was the one who beat uh, Wardlow for the title. And, you know, he's like, yes, you're right. It was Christian Cage and Luchasaurus who won the TNT championship over, over Wardlow. And he is, look, he's making it a thing. And he has got his pet by his side. And he is sitting here saying, yeah, well, as far as, you know, Luchasaurus does with his <sighs> Maybe he's closer to animal than than juice the way that he actually yeah. speaks. But regardless, uh, it was not long before Sean Spears pops into the frame here, and it's clear what he wants. He wants a shot at the TNT champion. And the thing that I loved most about this 
is he refused to recognize Christian as the TNT champion. He because kept, he's not. He's I know. Not I know. <laughs> I know. Which is what makes what Christian is doing so spectacular, uh, because he he's just doing top notch level heel stuff, mm. right? It's kind of why I I I want to see a Jungle Boy Christian Luchasaurus uh, reunion. Yeah. So Christian can really kind of take Jungle Boy to heel school because Christian is one of the best to do it. And the fact that he's really leaning into the fact that he is the TNT champion, I know pisses some people off and it's it's going to work. Now, I love it because I love Christian and I appreciate the work that he does. Uh, so he's not going to really make me boo him. But I'm I'm not every you know, I'm not everybody yeah. else. Um, but Christian really kind of digs into to Spears here. Um, he's like, look, there are no more open challenges. You know, we're not doing the open challenge anymore. And Sean is basically like, yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm still going to come in here. I'm going to try to swoop in. That's why I wanted to, to talk to the champ back there. Just digging in at Christian. Christian gets like stone straight, looks at him and says, you know what? You know what? I, I've always what I, what's always bothered me about you, Spears, is that you don't seize your opportunities. Right. What did he what did he say? He said, you're not dangerous, mm. you're not dangerous. Like, I don't really view you as a threat. And then. Didn't really lose his cool. Didn't really change his demeanor. He just kind of leans in, grabs a little collar of the the turtleneck there, and says, "You know, anybody can be dangerous. They just have to meet the right person." Mm. And I thought that was really great. And he's like, "I'll see you later, champ." And then he makes sure to look around Christian and stare right at Luchasaurus, which pissed off Luchasaurus. He wanted to go after Christian, but I thought this was really great. I love seeing Sean Spears on television again. Uh, he's another one of these guys that this is why we have collision, right? Is because this is a guy granted, um, you know, his wife, Cassie just had a baby not too long ago. So he's a new dad. He's getting to spend some time at home, hopefully. So that's great. Um, Canadian wanted him to show up on this show in Hamilton on Canada day. Makes a ton of sense. I don't think he's got a prayer of walking away with the TNT title on this, but just getting him back on television and getting him involved in some kind of a major program is a, is a good start. Yeah. You know, much like Ethan page, I think that Sean Spears also kind of got lost in the sauce when it came to the roster, because we know that this guy is good. You know, he was the perfect 10, the perfect 10. And I am excited to hopefully see him in more matches. I did love that he was just not even trying to address Christian whatsoever. He's like, yeah, I'm here to talk to the champ, Luchasaurus, not you. And the fact that they just cut to that promo and it was Christian holding the title, mm -hmm. it's like hilarious. Christian is such a goofball. Like, you cannot tell me that you hate the idea of Christian doing this. It's hilarious. No, this is better than him actually winning the TNT championship. <laughs> like yeah. it is. It's yeah. better than him actually winning it. Like Luchasaurus gets in the record books. He's the one who beat Wardlow with the help of Christian. But you know, this again, it it just fits him to a T. And honestly, I would not be surprised if this was his decision. I yeah. really wouldn't. And by the way, I realize I just said I don't think this is gonna lead to um Sean Spears winning the TNT title, but seeing as that thing changes hands every 40 days, it very well might, uh, to be honest with you. He might he might take that dang thing by beating Luchasaurus. Who knows? But I hope not, because this, this thing with Christian definitely has some legs to it. Uh, we got Axel Hunter with a super chat. Thank you so much, Axel. Really appreciate that. It says, uh, Sean Spears is, to me, the most underrated guy on the AEW roster. He's so theatrical without ever losing nuance. And I think AEW TV is better when he is on it weekly. I 
look, most underutilized guy on the roster, you could really be talking about anybody on this show in particular, people that we've talked about, whether it's, you know, Andrade, who had a, a, a promo tonight where he was screaming that he wanted his mask before, you know, House of Black popped up on the uh, uh, on the TV screen behind him. And, hey, the, the word of the day here, folks, patience, basically told him, you'll wait, all right, in due time, you know. Uh, a nice little segment for him, Miro. I mean, a lot of these guys, remember, they weren't even on the show for over 290 days until the first collision afterwards. Like, I feel like this show has been, this is Tony Khan's, all right, show it to me show. Because for so many months, he's heard about, he's heard, I want Miro on TV. I want Andrade on TV. I want Sean Spears on TV. And it's like, okay, here you go. Are you going to watch it? And and basically, uh, on the first episode here of this post-show, that's what Sean basically said in his report was, hey, look, okay, you've been asking me for these guys. Here they are, and here's CM Punk. So CM Punk is the draw, and then here's everybody else you've been begging me for. Now tune in and watch the show. Yeah, that's – I'm – excited to yeah like i you know i feel like when it comes to the show i there's no other thing that i could say is be, that i'm excited because now we're gonna get to see all these people who we haven't seen and now it's our job as fans you know if we wanted it now we have to watch it because mm -hmm. we've been saying that hey you know where are these people and i'm ready for them and where are their opportunities but then we can't not show up when these opportunities are given to them yeah granted granted it is Saturday night. It's a holiday yes. weekend, right? Yes. But then again, look, rating systems are outdated. Weird. They're weird. <laughs> they're outdated, especially in television, right? Yes. Oh they're, my God. they're weird. They're weird in radio. Like mm -hmm. some people have to actually like sign up for a diary. Uh, and it's not uh, like big cities don't even have diaries anymore. They have things called PPE meters where they yeah, send the them out. PPMs, the, the people PPM, person meter. PPM meter where you literally like clip something on your belt and you walk around and whatever it picks up, like there's a signal that gets sent out. It's not even like it listens to the airwaves, right? It doesn't. There's a signal that goes out with, from the transmitter that tells these PPMs what station you're listening to. Not, and, not as breaking the fourth wall on right. here. <laughs> like that's, that's, I'm, that's genuinely how it works. So, by the way, if you go to like Walmart mm -hmm. for like 30 minutes and you're shopping and they have some family friendly radio station, like our version of, of that is Warm 98 here in Cincinnati. Yeah, that you've yeah, never that you heard don't of listen ever. to in your car. Well, guess what? They just got 30 minutes from your meter because you were walking around in Walmart and that's what they had going on over their speakers. Like, it's really kind of a weird way of doing it. Radio is weird. TV is outdated in the fact that more people are cutting cords, more people are getting out of cable, and they're going to streaming services. So, yeah, only 500,000 people tuned in traditionally to watch Collision last weekend, but more than that amount of people are watching it. So much so that you got you know Buzz announcing this week that they're not even going to be putting out ratings for television anymore because they've gotten so spread out and minuscule that it's not a it's not a credible way of looking into it. So just take that into account when you see ratings ratings of how many people are watching. And you're one of these older wrestling fans who's like, yeah, well, back in Raw's day, they they got 10 million every night. Yeah, because there was four things on. <laughs> there were eight channels back then. All right. Yeah. You didn't. 
They weren't competing. They, it was Monday night football. It was raw. And then it was like whatever ABC put on their weekly lineup. That's what they had to deal with. Not 19 different streaming services and on demand videos and movies and everything else. So you got to take everything into account there. Uh, we had one women's match on the show tonight. I was looking forward to this. It was Chris Statlander and Lady Frost. These two actually met at a house show about two weeks ago or so. Um, I thought they did well with their time tonight, Iridian. They didn't get a whole lot of it. This was about six minutes or so. I was hoping they'd get a little bit more time. Um, much of the night was focused on these Owen Hart quarterfinal matchups. So yeah. that ate up a, a, a lot of chunk. But again, it, it kind of falls into the pattern that we have seen with AEW. 920 time slot. Here come the ladies. It's going to be a fairly quick match. And then, you know, we're we're off to the main event segment by by 9.30 or so. So I thought they did well. Statlander ends up winning with a Saturday night fever. thought this was a pretty good showcase for, for Lady Frost tonight, but it, it did leave me wanting more. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like with the women, we don't get enough. We do not get enough women's matches. They don't get enough time. We don't get enough storylines. We don't get enough promos from the women. So yes, they had an okay match. I thought Chris Statlander is just fantastic she's a beast i think she is going to be a great champion and lady frost was good i think that she had a better showing tonight than she did with taya valkyrie and i i just want more for the women and i know a lot of other women and a lot of other people feel the same way that i do because these women can go like we can go and we can have great storylines and just really really kill it and we need more time i thought now collision you know maybe in the future maybe next week that's what i mean by future next oh, week it, we will it, get more like time let's do this if willow and athena doesn't at least get 10 minutes i'm gonna be mad yeah like i'm gonna i'm going to be mad like y'all see me fired up if if that match is is short or if yeah. it's cut for time or, or any kind of bs like that or if it gets the 920 time slot that should be a prime time matchup because those are two incredibly talented performers men or women they're right up there athena has been on an all-star run since she lost to jade cargill at all out last september i don't think she's lost a singles match since which is going to be very interesting as she progresses in this tournament i don't think she's losing uh i really don't i think that win streak is going to continue um and willa nightingale is a rock star she is the future top baby face of your women's division and is quickly climbing up those ranks already so that should be uh, a big time match but again when you look at everything for the entirety of the week, unless I'm forgetting something, I'm pretty sure the only women's match that we got on Wednesday on Dynamite was Ruby Soho winning against a local talent after Britt Baker got sick. Granted, she had the really awesome promo afterwards, but we're talking about we have now. I uh, now hang on, but uh, sorry, Rampage. I forgot about Rampage because we did get Taya in the in the main event, right? So we got Taya in the main event against uh, Hikura Shida. Great, yeah, can't argue with that. But as far as your two main shows, four hours, we get eight minutes. Yeah. About eight minutes. And eight, that sucks. Minutes. That completely sucks. So next week, hoping for better for the women. I'm going to get get here every single week and vouch for the ladies. Yeah. Uh, and look, Britt getting sick had something to do with it. They had they yeah. found out what was it? Sean reported maybe. 20 40 minutes if memory serves correct before the show they found out that Britt wasn't going to be able to go that night so they had a, a really last minute uh change so again things 
got screwed up. So kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that on your two main shows, you only had one women's match booked. That's something that I would like to see changed. Uh, this is a question straight up for Iridian from Ricardo El Notorio. Uh, first feud or Thunder Rosa? Who would you like to see Thunder Rosa face when she comes back? Granted, we don't know when that's going to be. You know what? I feel like there was really false advertisement for Collision because she was like on every single promo. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get to see Thunder Rosa back. Like, let's go. And then she was not there. So <laughs> I was very disappointed. I thought we'd at least see her on commentary or something. Like, show, show her face. Do something. I don't know. Put her on the Jumbotron, at least in the background for like a minute. I don't know. But yeah, so for her first feud when she comes back. Um, it would have been great to see uh, Ty Conti, but Ty is with child. So mm -hmm. she's at home resting, living her best life. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Anna Jay. So I feel like this would be a really good chance for Anna to step up and kind of get into that. If we're going to get these wrestlers who we don't really see fight, if Collision is the show for them to be showcased, and I think Collision would be great for Anna Jay. Same thing with Penelope Ford. I absolutely love Penelope, and we have not seen her in a long time. I think she's a fantastic wrestler. I think that if we give her the opportunity to shine, she will kill it. So I feel like Penelope would be a very, very good feud for her. Um, do you have any thoughts on this, Rick? Who do you think Thunder should face when she comes back? Jamie Hayter. Oh, Jamie. But see, Jamie's like, oh, okay. I love Jamie, but I feel like Jamie like, has had, Jamie, has has had her run. So I feel like we need to spread out the opportunities. Yeah, you know? Jamie, Jamie's banged up, right? Jamie's yeah. banged up. We don't know when she's gonna be healthy, but granted, we don't know when Thunder Rose is gonna be healthy. True. Right now, like the hope is by all in, yeah. Jamie's back, she's in Wembley, she can beat Tony Storm for the AEW women's championship, which you know, she she did lose it technically, but she only dropped it because, you know, she was having a back injury. Right. So she went out yeah. there. She did the job. They did a good job masking the injury and putting the belt on Tony Storm. Great. So now she can come back and win it at Wembley. And then Thunderosa can come back and say, I never lost my AEW Women's Championship. And you think she's That's coming cool. with or without a Santa Claus bag? <laughs> Honest question. Uh, I think she's coming without it. I I, okay. I I think that's I think I think CM Punk is the king of props. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're we're gonna go in that that direction there. But uh, yeah, I think storyline wise, I think it makes sense. The yeah. question is whether Jamie wants to work with Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah. Those two have had their issues backstage mm -hmm. and in the ring. We know Thunder Rosa is doing her best to to make amends and you know move forward in a positive working environment and all those sorts of things. So who knows what it's going to be, but from a storyline perspective, by the time Thunder Rosa is healthy, cause that's yeah. key. That's the first key is getting her back and getting her healthy. Let's yeah. focus on that. Once she's ready to go storyline standpoint, it makes all the sense in the world that Jamie Hader would be the AW women's champion and Tony and Thunder uh, Rosa would come back. But I don't know. Again, we could have a punk elite situation where they're like, you know what? We, put her on collision and I'm going to stay over here on dynamite and we're good. So who knows? We'll see. But that that's what jumps out of the page to me. That's what I'm interested in because that's real life drama that you can put on television. Controversy sells, right? So <laughs> there we go. Our main event tonight, Samoa Joe versus Roderick strong. CM punk comes out. I think it's about a 50 50 reaction tonight. Uh, we did get some CM punk chance. There were some loud boos mixed in there as well. 
Uh, conveniently, it seemed like everybody who was on the front row was a CM Punk fan, and he's going around and signing that shirts. Was so signing weird. I'm like, all right, mm. did, were these plants? Like, did you put them there? Like, is this what's going on? Because he's all happy and loving, and he's coming around, and he's high-fiving and signing shirts, and he's like, hey, I'm going to come over here. Do you want me to sit down next to you, Mr. Kelly? All right, great. Let's sit down. Let's talk. I thought he was really good on commentary tonight. They addressed the fact that he's getting booed in, in certain arenas. They said, look, look, Michael Jordan gets booed when he goes to when he went to Detroit. I can't let that kind of stuff bother me, right? So you're a Chicago person. That kind of hits home for you there a little bit. Okay. That was so crazy. I was laughing because he's like, yeah, Michael Jordan got booed. Patrick Kane got booed. And I'm like, you're comparing yourself to Patrick Kane, a man who won a Stanley Cup. And then Michael Jordan, one of the greatest champions of all time. Like he said, I'm right there, too. You know, I got booed just like them. I was laughing. I said, sir, you're a little a little crazy tonight. He, because... he also said he was bigger than Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> He, you know what? He was feeling himself tonight. He was, even though people were booing, people were cheering. Um, what I did think was interesting is that people who were in the front or close to commentary, visibly on camera, you could see them paying more attention to Punk than the match, which I'm like, that kind of did a disservice to Samoa Joe and Roddy because they were really going at it. Yeah, no, this match was really great. They were really hard hitting. I actually didn't mind so much uh them focusing on cm punk because he made the most of his time when he was you know on camera he wasn't taking the focus off of the match he yeah. was selling the match with his reactions and you could tell that he's like damn it i have like he knew he was going to be fighting joe like every time he hit roddy with one of those anytime he got his big beefy mitts he doesn't even have hands. He has mitts, right? Anytime he gets his mitts yeah. on Roddy and he smashes him or he smacks him or he hits him, you saw Roddy at the end of the match. His chest would look like hamburger meat, all right? Like, anytime he got his hands on him, you just saw Punk doing one of these, like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, how, yeah. how am I going to deal with this? Like, he genuinely looked concerned when Joe won. He sat there and he said, he sit there and he said, he's like, I'm not impressed. And he's like, I say that and now I have no idea how the hell I'm going to beat this guy next week. Right. Yeah. You know? so it's like his ego, his ego is always going to write checks that is that sometimes he's not going to be able to cash. Yeah. I can make the argument as far as like wrestling is concerned. He's not that far off from a Michael Jordan. All right. This is a guy who took over the sport. This is a guy who was retired for seven years. Yeah. This was a guy who kept hearing his name chanted over and over and over and over again. At least he would have if he watched the product over seven years. For seven years, they never stopped cheering for this man. They never stopped rooting for him. They never stopped hoping he would come back. And the man sold out the United Center on a rumor. Sean Ross at Fightful.com. Fightful Select. Subscribe for $5. That man sold out the United Center on a rumor. Hell yeah, it's going to inflate his ego and he's going to talk about, hell yeah, I'm right up there with Michael Jordan as far as Chicago heroes and maybe that's what he really meant by that not necessarily you know i'm the greatest to ever do this but his catchphrase is best in the world so he's gonna sell it he's but gotta I sell it. It's, it's on his shirt he's got to go with it completely understandable um i, I definitely think he's in a, a little bit of a panic for when he's gonna oh, yeah. go because I, those slaps were so loud joe is so damn physically imposing everything he does he reminds me a lot of Gunther. Like everything that he does hurts. Yeah. It looks like it hurts because it does hurt. He has yeah. got to be one of the most physically 
dominating and imposing people to be in a ring with. And what's interesting about this semifinals matchup, while it also has, you know, historical significance and there's going to be some nostalgia involved in this. this is the first time they're squaring off one-on-one and, you know, however many years over a decade. Right. Um, I look at this and I go, how the hell is CM Punk realistically mm-hmm. going to beat Samoa Joe next week? Like, how is that actually going to happen? Because again, it, everything is storyline punk, you know, life finds a way, right? Steal a Jurassic Park line. Life finds a way. Punk may find a way to win this thing, but Joe looks as healthy and as physically dominant as he ever has at any point in his career. CM Punk might be more fragile than he has ever been at any point is in, in his entire career. And that's not a knock on the man. He's just getting older. His body's getting a little more beat up. He's even talked about that himself. He's got, he suffered two major injuries on nothing. Like the dude basically rolled out of bed in the morning and tore his, and tore his knee up, right? Like that's, or broke his foot, right? That's basically what he did. Um, So he's, he's getting older. His body's a little more frail. I don't know realistically without some outside BS. And I don't know who's coming out. I don't know why as the baby face in the matchup, I don't know how punk get some outside help or does some kind of nefarious tactics unless CM Punk is not going to be a baby face for much longer, which brings me to my point earlier where I teased it. I do think somehow some way CM Punk is going to be facing Ricky Starks in the finals of the Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks, who's been buddy buddy with CM Punk on TV, they're going to sell this. They're going to act like it's some kind of big, you know, may the best gentleman win kind of situation here. They're both hobbled, right? CM Punk's going to get his ass absolutely destroyed by Samoa Joe, even though he's probably going to win. Ricky Starks got a knee issue now going up against Hobbs. He's going to get his ass kicked. He probably wins. And now here we go, right? It's two baby faces, but you know, chances are that crowd's going to be more behind Ricky. And then Punk goes full on heel. And just absolutely nefarious tactics, cheap shot, whatever he's got to do. Maybe he hits him with a chair or something like that. And finally goes full-fledged heel turn, beating Ricky Starks in the finals and cheating to do it and cheating Ricky out of what would be the biggest win of his career. That's why I don't think these guys are going to be together long. And why I think they're here right now is because I think Ricky's going to play a role in CM Punk finally going and just flipping full-on heel. Potentially, if that's the direction that they want to go in. Unless they're just going to let CM Punk be CM Punk. And whatever reaction he gets, he gets. You know what? I feel like they're going to go with that and just let CM Punk be. I can't make the argument that he is full on babyface right now because a babyface would not get booed at all. So the fact that he's getting mixed reactions and putting him up against Ricky Starks, a man who gets no mixed reactions, clearly Ricky would be the babyface no matter what. If you put him up against CM Punk, people are going to cheer for Ricky. And there's just that that's not a question. So I don't know if they're, I guess, what the plans are for Punk would him being mean i don't know <laughs> i don't know what, what i don't know if he would go and not start signing autographs that would be him turning heel 
um, and not signing the T-shirts, not signing the championship belts, because that man was outside the ring for two, three minutes before he mm -hmm. sat down in commentary sure. tonight, just doing that. So he is, you know, he said before, I don't care if you boo me, if you don't cheer me, I'm not here to win popularity contests. Sure. And he, he if he doesn't care, if he's a, a face or, or a heel, then I think, you know, putting him up against Ricky, Ricky's always going to be a baby face. Um, Unless, you know, something else happens in the future. But I don't think they're going to turn Punk heel before that. I he's could still, be wrong. He's still, I, he's still cheating to win that match. There's, yeah. no, there's no doubt in my mind. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Which is only going to turn more of the audience against him. So it may not necessarily be a by-the-book, yeah, yeah. straight-up fledged heel turn. But he would cheat to win that match. And that's just yeah. going to turn more of the crowd against him. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that. And he wants to be a heel. He genuinely loves being healed. Even when he first came back and he's still getting these monster reactions, like four months down the line, he's sitting there like, one day you guys are going to be sick of me. Almost like he was begging for it. Mm -hmm. Like when he went to Long Island that one time and MJF was hailed as a hero and he was getting booed out of the building, he looked like he had the most fun he's had in 10 years. He was loving it. He loves being the most hated man in the building. He loved being a heel. I think that's the direction he wants to go in. Which, to me, makes sense that if you're going to do, you know, if Punk is going to win this thing, him him over Hobbs, I don't know if that if that means as much as it would him no. over Ricky. It's not. And um, getting back to Roddy in the ring, mm. um, what happened at the end of this match was very confusing to me. The fact that not Joe winning. That was not confusing because I, I had a favorite and I wanted Joe to win so we can get sure. that this this pairing. But, you know, Adam Cole came out into the ring after there was a lot of shenanigans with security. We didn't know if Joe was going to fight Punk or not. We had three referees come out. It was popping at the end of this night, okay? And Adam Cole comes out and Adam Cole is like right there for Roddy. And I was like, that's weird. Why are Adam Cole and CM Punk in the same ring? I was like very thrown off. It was like, I was in the multiverse right here. And I didn't know because they kept like panning to Punk and panning to Adam. I'm like, are they going to do something? What's happening? And then they took Roddy out on a stretcher. Poor yeah. man. Poor man. I mean, I loved this ending where Joe gets out of the ring and he's immediately staring at Punk on commentary. Like, you know, and he goes and he grabs a chair and Punk's like, wait, is he coming over here? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Like, uh, uh, hey, I got a chair, too, Hoss. Let's go. Security's immediately running down. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're separating them. And then Joe just chucks the chair in the ring, gets up and slams Roddy on his freaking head right on top of the chair. Just just because he could just to send a message, just to like look at Punk and go, all right, that's you next week, Hoss. You, mm -hmm. you know what I can do. There it is. You know what I can do. There it is. That's you next week. I loved the the message sending and Adam Cole coming down to the ring was a night was just a bow on top of that present there because yeah, he's going to come down there and he's going to check on Roddy and make sure that he's all right. So it's uh, naturally he would be there for his best friend in, in AEW and his longtime tag team partner. So yeah, that made sense to me, but it was interesting that they kept panning back from Cole to punk Cole to punk, which again, if they're going to, if there's something there that's going to happen between those two, it also makes sense to lean more into CM Punk yeah. as a heel. Um, 
I mean, here, here and because the, you know we're building towards MJF and Adam Cole, baby, to um, sometime I guess fight for that championship belt. And if Max is not the quote-unquote real champion, and it's CM Punk, then I kind of see where that would be a hot mess. <laughs> yes, yeah, like look, the more that CM Punk is not bringing up MJF every week mm-hmm. for the fun of it, they're yeah. building to something. Obviously, they're building to something between Adam Cole and MJF as well. Obviously, they're in the the blind eliminator tag team tournament starting on Wednesday, so that's going to be interesting. I was kind of hoping we would see uh, some progression on their 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 buddy buddy uh, excursion that they went on after Dynamite this week, but I guess we have to wait until Dynamite to see some of that. Unless it was on uh, Rampage, I didn't get to see all of Rampage, but uh, regardless, do have a few uh, humper chats and super chats to get through here. Uh, Bizarro uh, Big L says, Rick, look for the video of how Juice runs up a ramp. Uh, pure comedy. And the uh, true answer is always uh, AJ Mendez for any feud. Uh, going back to Thunder Rosa, I would man, yeah. look just just seeing the still shots of of AJ Mendez in a ring for heel season two just has me hoping and and praying like she's she's getting shaped for a reason, right? Like you know, you can sit here and say you're not coming back and that you're a retired athlete, but you know. I remember Edge lying to my face, like saying, no, I ain't coming back. Like, wait, look, guys, come on. I can't. And then he shows up at the freaking Royal Rumble, right? Like everybody's working. Everybody be working. Uh, Bizarro continues. Uh, Punk versus Joe going to slap so hard. Going to feel like early ring of honor. Adam Cole may come out and uh, says MJ retired and came back after playing baseball. So there's another uh, Punk MJ uh, analogy. Uh, Kylie says uh, with this super chat, I may not like Punk. But Punk and Joe is going to hump to use all caps. I, I, I 100% agree. I think, you know, I might change the, the last word to slap because I feel like slaps are going to be very, very involved. Um, I am so excited to look at the chests of these men after this match. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a family show. <laughs> it's literally going to be insane. Like the amount of times that joe hit punk last time Mm -hmm. just based on the slaps was insane and the fact that they like have to take it like you're fighting this man you have to take the hit it's literally insane Um, by the way guys those there's no feigning those those hurt Mm -hmm. they hurt every time yeah and i would not want to take one from joe not no what why not you don't want to hell no (laughs) hell no not unless you know Unless you want to write a, unless Tony Khan wants to hand me a check with some zeros on it, then sure. All right. I will step in there and, and take one for the team team being my family. But other than that, no, I'm good. How I'm, many zeros? Uh, at least three. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, that's a hefty number. I thought you were going to be like, nah, two, two's fine. Oh, uh, hell no. I got daycare to pay for That's why I'm here every Sunday night. And I love wrestling. And I love wrestling. That's why I'm here. Iridian, this has been a blast as always. That wraps up, uh, the show of all of Rampage, and I do believe we are out of Super Chats and Humper Chats. Thank you guys so much for uh, sticking with us throughout the entirety of uh, the program here, all one hour and 20 minutes of you. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it's 4th of July weekend. You guys could be out you know, doing so much other stuff and listening to us, to us talk about a television show, but we appreciate you. Cresta will be back next week. Yes. I'll be here next week. Iridian, are you off? Is it your turn to be off, or are you nope. here? Nope, I am. Hey! Hey! The gang's going to be back all together again. Uh, Aridian, where can people uh, follow your work? Uh, what else you got going on? 
Well, every Saturday, of course, you can find me here with Rick and Cresta. We are the post show on Fightful for AW Collision. And we love you guys for spending time with us. Like Rick said, you could literally be doing anything else with your life, but you are here with us and we a thousand percent appreciate it. You guys can head over to my YouTube channel at Rest Friends, where we talk about literally everything wrestling related. WWE, AEW, we have all the hot gossip, all the cheese which hot gossip, that's what that translates to. We have it there. You can follow me on Twitter uh, as long as you know you can actually see tweets because Elon's an <laughs> ass and doesn't know that you know it's good to you know for your product if people can actually see it. Uh, you can follow me there at Rick Uchino, spelled like you see on the screen. That's that's really the one-stop shop for everything that I got going on because in addition to my work here at Fightful, uh, I also uh, work uh, for um, Sirius XM covering the Cincinnati Bengals. I do local radio here in Cincinnati, but also as far as my wrestling coverage, uh, Cage Side Seats, that's where you'll find all my articles, uh, whether they are my uh, long opinionated columns or my interviews, which, by the way, next week I will be dropping a new AEW interview ahead of AEW Dynamite. I'm not going to say who yet because that interview hasn't happened and I don't want to jinx it because you never know what might uh, happen with travel know. schedules. You, you never, never know. You never plug it until it actually happens. Yeah. But I'll let you know as soon as it's done. And yeah. when it's up on my Twitter feed, <laughs> you can find that on Cage Side Seats and on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. That is B-L-E-A-V. Uh, live streams every Tuesday at 2 p.m. with myself and SP3 talking about all the major uh, big doings of AEW, WWE, New Japan, anything that's going on in wrestling. We try to cover it as much as possible in those live streams. We'll actually be live on Monday, though, because we want to take the fourth off. So we'll be on Monday at 3 o'clock, myself and SP3. Please subscribe. We're, we're so close to 600 subscribers. and it, we're, yes. we're, It's a fairly new channel. We're still building it. Uh, that's where you'll be able to see the AEW interview this week. And I got another interview that's going to drop on Friday. No spoilers on that one yet, because, again, it hasn't happened yet. But uh, thank you guys so much for the uh, support. I really do believe it. We got one last super chat coming in here on the wire. Roy Zhang says MJF was in Adam Cole's Twitch. It was fantastic. Okay. We did, we I saw this. It okay. was so hilarious. Adam Cole was just minding his business, you know, playing in his little Chugs Army, you know, channel. And here comes MJF literally calling him. And Max is like, what did I tell you? What did we talk about? I like to keep my wrestling and my gaming life separate. And Max is like, okay, okay. Yeah, totally, dude. Got it. It was, you need to watch this. Did he call Please. him Brochacho? It's hilarious. <laughs> I, th I feel like he might have. I didn't, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but he sounded very bro-like when he was doing it. So when, when he is, when he's doing his fake chummy voice, <laughs> that is the best MJF because he plays it so perfectly where like you could tell MJF in character really believes that he's coming off as sincere, yeah. but you know, the outside of the realm outside of kayfabe, we all know that he is just laying it on thick and it's it's just the perfect combination he really nails it but uh thank you guys so much enjoy your fourth of july we'll be back next saturday 10 10 covering everything with uh, collision and any big doings on rampage and honestly anything else uh that we feel like talking about on this show because once again on saturdays i'm in charge unless sean's here <laughs> take care everybody everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.